Go ahead and have a seat. This morning, our message for Palm Sunday comes to us from the account of Jesus entering into Jerusalem. You can find it in Luke chapter 19. Luke 19, starting with verse 28. And when Jesus had said these things, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. When he drew near to Bethpage and Bethany at the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village in front of you, where on entering you will find a colt tied, on which no one has ever yet sat. Untie it, bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? you shall say this, The Lord has need of it. So those who were sent away had found it just as he told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? And they said, The Lord has need of it. And they brought it to Jesus, and throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. And as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. As he was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. Today, Jesus is our king who is drawing near to transform our lives. Now, all of us, we all have kings of our lives. Right? C.S. Lewis reflects on the monarchy and he says, Monarchy is, is easily debunked. The actual record of kings throughout history is abysmal. It's full of tyrants. But yet when we are forbidden to honor a king, we will honor millionaires, athletes, film stars. But honoring somebody and submitting to somebody are two totally different things. In fact, in our society and in our culture, submission is something that's, that's very, very foreign. We, we love to adore celebrities, but I don't think any of us would want to just submit to them. There's very, very little lordship nowadays, it kind of feels like, or at least it seems that way. But if we look deeper at that, this is all first commandment type stuff. Because we will be controlled by something. Whatever you give your life to will control you. If it's the approval of other people, or if it's professional success, or parents, let's be honest, the lives of our children, their activities, our own lusts, our greed, our, our selfish pride. You see, you have to live for something. And whatever you live for will control you because we were created, we were built, we were made to yearn for a king. We were built for the king, built to serve the king, to worship the king, to adore the king, and to obey the king. And when we turn from our king, then everything falls apart in our lives because nothing is the way that it can be. Nothing is the way that it was made to be, and nothing can be the way that it will be without Jesus Christ as our king. See, Jesus, when he comes into your life, he says, I want absolute authority. I want total obedience. I want you to totally submit your life to me. And we Western Americans, uh, we, we, we say, oh my, my goodness, that, just, that concept is so incredibly foreign, so incredibly terrible. Why in the world would God want to come into my life, control me, manipulate me, minimize me? But the reality is that God wants to be your king so that he can 
heal you, to make you whole, to make you the way you were made to be. See, he has a spectacular plan for each and every one of us. And only when we follow him can we become that plan that he has got designed for us. We have to submit our life to him to receive his kingship in our lives. And when we do that, he will inspire, encourage, strengthen, and empower us to live as the men and women he has designed us to be. We were made for a king. And that king is drawing near. Jesus is drawing near. See, Jesus' whole life, especially in the Gospel of Luke, is all about Jesus coming closer to us. Jesus drawing near. We start with, with Luke, of course, has the beautiful chapter 2 description of, of, of the birth of Christ that we read each and every Christmas. And Jesus comes near to us. He leaves the glories and power of heaven to live in the dirt and the dust with us. God draws near. To us. In fact, that's one of his very names, Emmanuel, God with us. And then he draws near and he chooses some disciples to follow after him. He picks out 12 to be his closest and he, he grows his disciples into many, many more and, and they follow after him. And he draws near to you today. Jesus Christ is drawing near to you. And then Jesus says, my time has come right this is a big day palm sunday is a big day because it's a day that triggers all of the other events of holy week this is kind of jesus point of no return he knows that once he enters into jerusalem in fact all of of luke's gospel jesus is slowly marching closer and closer to jerusalem remember sometimes he says after doing a miracle he tells a person Shh, don't don't tell anybody yet because my time has not yet come well notice what jesus doesn't say today he doesn't say to all of those who are in the parade routes to say, shh, keep it down, keep it down. It's not my time yet. No, what we hear Jesus say is when the Pharisees say, tell your people to be quiet. Jesus says, you know what? Even if my people would not speak, these very rocks would cry out that I am the king coming, drawing near to his people to transform lives. The rocks could not keep silent. This is Jesus' home stretch. And his mission and purpose to save the world. The drawing near is now here. Because the time has come. You see, to cry out to God in praise is what we were designed to do. In fact, that's what all of creation was designed to do. Even the things that are plants and animals and rocks and stones and grass. All meant to praise God. Sometimes animals in creation do a better job than we do. And when, when the creature comes into the presence of the creator... It must cry out in praise. Leading up to this, Jesus has called everybody to be silent, but now, because his time had not yet come, but now is his time. Now is the time to cry out. The time has come. And the time has come for him to transform our lives. Now, Jesus does some cool things in this parable that sometimes get overlooked, and some, a good friend helped me understand one of these this week. Jesus does this amazing miracle of transforming this cult. Now, I know absolutely nothing about anything having to do with equestrian, other than sometimes the horse goes the way you point its head, and sometimes he goes faster on his way back to the barn, and most of the time he goes right to the hay. Those are the things that I know about horses, but he helped me understand a few things. You know, the colt of a donkey, 
that's never been ridden. They don't come broken and trained straight out of the factory, right? They don't pop out of their mom and go, I know how to be a good colt. Just like kids. We got to teach them. But see, a colt, in this circumstance, it's never been ridden. Now all of a sudden you're throwing cloaks on the back of it. It gets spooked. You throw a person on the back of it. It gets really spooked. You ride them through a noisy city crowd yelling and shouting Hosanna, waving palm branches, throwing down cloaks in front of it. This colt would just fight or flight, get out of town. But Jesus, the king of creation, sitting mounted on one of his creatures, has total and complete control. That beast is transformed into something peaceful and calm, obedient, in a miraculous kind of way. Jesus is the horse whisperer. Now, in the midst of this incredibly excited crowd, this unbroken animal remains calm under the hands of the man who calmed the sea. But Jesus can do so much more than just, just heal a donkey and make it calm. He transforms us. If the colt was changed and the stones were going to cry out, what would God do with us? See, that's what, what God's ruling power, his kingship over our lives is all about. It changes us because we are under the royal power of Jesus Christ. Jesus is our king who is drawing near to transform our lives. You see, the king of creation is on our side. He himself absorbed the, the fatal impact of sin on himself so that, so that we could be set free and celebrate the life that he gives to us. We can celebrate even in the midst of chaos. And this was a theme that was really powerful to me to wrap my head around this week. Because it's real. It's genuine. I personally love the idea, the whole concept of being sent out into creation by the very God of creation himself. As if there's anything that this world could throw at us that would be bigger than our God more powerful than our God. Sometimes, as our king, Jesus asks us to do really difficult things or really confusing things. Sometimes those confusing things are, are walking up and appearing to carjack a donkey. He gave it back. It's not stealing. But sometimes he asks us to do confusing things, the things that just don't quite make sense like, if we could map out this world and how it should go, that's not how it would be. But Jesus says, this is what I want you to do. I want you to walk this path. Sometimes the path that he has us walk is full of difficulty and, and danger and problems. Physical, emotional, mental, spiritual problems. And he says, I want you to go. I have need of you. And we are to go. With the knowledge that our God, the king of creation, is going with us. And something that's been really, really helpful to me, just kind of process with me, is to consider God saying, I have need of you. Just like he said, I have need of that donkey. I have need of you. To pray a prayer of, here I am, Lord. Send me. Send me. Like the Old Testament prophet. God says, 
I have need of you. This was very, very practical and hit home for me today. It's a simple, it's very true, but it's a faithful response to difficult and consuming times. Because when Jesus becomes the ruler, when Jesus gets into the driver's seat of our lives, his power doesn't break you. It doesn't coerce you. It heals you. It empowers you. It makes you whole. It makes you full. And it lets you do the amazing things that God would do in and through your life. There's a place where Paul says, if God is for me, who in the world could be against me? The gospel comes and draws near to your life and says, what in the world are you afraid of? To the degree that, that we have Jesus as a center of our life, to the degree that we have a free from fear of anything, fear of death, fear of failure, fear of criticism, fear of sickness, fear of anything, this totally transforms who you are as a son and daughter of God. Let me give you a practical application piece of this. This I wasn't planning on, 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 on sharing at all. I just came in through my preparation through Saturday just knowing it's not done yet. The sermon's not quite done yet. Some of you are wishing, man, I wish it would be. <laughs> but I woke up praying, God, what, what, is, what do you want me to say at the end? And this is what he gave me to say, and I, I've been looking forward all morning to sharing this with you. Are you personally going through some situation that doesn't make sense? Are you fighting a battle that feels overwhelming? Has life thrown you more questions than answers? If the answer to those questions is yes, then you're in good company because he has me too. You're a lot like me today. Let me share something with you that God spoke to me this morning. God reminded me, Ty, the Lord has need of you today. Not because I'm a pastor, not because it's Palm Sunday, but because I'm his son. Because I'm a father, because I'm a, I'm a dad, because I'm a husband, because I'm a brother, because I'm a, a friend. Tag, the Lord has need of you today. And whatever it is that, that life is presenting in front of you, I want to promise you this. The Lord has need of you today. The Lord has need of you and you and you today. And all he's asking for you to say in response is to not have all the courage, not have all the answers, not have, have all the strength to do what he's asking you to do, but just say, here I am, Lord, send me. Send me. And that's all it takes for God to be your king. And he will encourage you. He will strengthen you. He will empower you. And maybe the circumstances in your life aren't going to change, but he will change you to be able to powerfully pursue him. To know that nothing this world has to put in front of you, nothing that Satan has to stop you, will keep you from being in his kingdom and knowing his love and being his disciple. The Lord has need of you today. Jesus Christ himself, entering into the, the city of Jerusalem, entering into our very lives is drawing near to transform who we are. Would you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, we praise you for being a God of transformation. That the brokenness that we experience and encounter in this world is not the last word, but that you have come 
you've come once and you're coming again to bring us to be with you. Draw near to us today. Fill us with the courage to be obedient to your, to your design, to your rule, to be faithful, to be humble, to be willing to say, here I am, Lord, send me. We pray this in Jesus' powerful and holy name. Amen.